Your day has just begun. But for DJ and PK, they're just hitting their stride. It's time for all your headlines from the night in sports. As DJ and PK tell you what's trending. Are you ready? On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Hashtag NFL. Second and nine at the Philly 19. Prescott in the gun. The back's on his right. Two receivers split left. Back protected. Time to go deep. He's got a man at the goal line. Walk in for Schultz. Touchdown, Cowboys. Third and goal. I misspoke from the three. Prescott in the gun. Elliott to his right. Lamb in the left slot. Snap back. Hand off Elliott. Bang to the goal line. Touchdown. At the 22, Prescott is under center. On third and one. And they're going to play fake and boot to the right. And the wide open tight end is at the 20, at the 15. Schultz made a move to the five, to the goal line. The touchdown machine. Dalton Schultz erupts again. Dalton Schultz, six catches, 80 yards, couple of touchdowns. One looked pretty easy, one looked pretty slick right there. So now he's a touchdown machine. Great. Local guy who got away to Stanford. Cowboys roll, beat the Eagles 41-21. Last year, nobody in the East had a winning record, but Dak Prescott's healthy this year, and if he stays healthy, I think the Cowboys ought to win at least 10 games and win that division pretty handily. They certainly handled the Eagles. Big night for Prescott, 21-26 for 238 yards and three scores. Yeah, they look good. Cowboys rolling that one. Uh, the Chicago Bears, who are not rolling, say all three of their quarterbacks, Matt Nagy says all three of the quarterbacks on the active roster, Andy Dalton, Justin Fields, and Nick Foles, are in consideration to be the start of this week for the Lions. Lions and other news in consideration for the top pick. They're going to have to compete with the Jets and the Jaguars. Ooh, you think they're that bad, huh? Man, it's a mess, and they can't pick a quarterback. They have had games. You're talking about the Bears? Could. Lions have picked a quarterback. Excuse me. Yes. I have mangled two teams in the same division. <laughs> Merge them. Make them the Bions or the Lairs. No, the Bears defense will carry them to some wins. Josh Gordon has been reinstated by the NFL and intends to sign with the Chiefs, according to reports. He's 30 years old. He's been suspended since December of 2019. And before that, since December of 2018 or 2017. Yeah, he's had some issues, man. Yeah. Came to Utah and never got on the field. DJ and PK. Hashtag college football. You know, it was a joint decision for us when he had another year to play as to where he would go to school. And he asked me where where he should go, and I said, who has the best players? And he said, Oklahoma. I said, that's where he should go. (laughs) Nick Saban telling the Manning cast that he told Jalen Hurts to go to Oklahoma. Certainly worked out. Better than hell. Had some success with the Sooners. You know what I mean? Yeah, right. Get out of my team. Florida State coach Mike Norvell passionately defending his program after an 0-4 start. Seminoles off to their worst start in 47 years. Oh, yeah, I would defend it too. We suck. Yes, we do. I told you we sucked and we do suck. I'm pissed off that we're 0-4. That's the actual quote. I'm pissed off that they're 0-4 and I don't even care. Norvell came on our show once. He was the OC at uh, ASU. 
Miami coach Manny Diaz defended his program in the school administration Monday after pointing criticism there was not a strong enough commitment to football from the university. Kirk Herbstreit bringing that up on college game day. I seen that, man. I was watching. There will always be somebody with more resources. That's not a Miami problem. That's a college football program with a capital P, but no one really wants to talk about it. Capital P? Why are we, Kevin, why are we capitalizing P? Miami problem. It's a problem. Oh, okay. That I, one I forgot school. which word we were capitalizing. Right. Capital began P with P. Problem. One school's got $50 million more than another school. Yeah, welcome to the world. Former Ohio State linebacker Kevon Pope, who was dismissed from the team Sunday following a sideline incident during Saturday's game against Akron, has entered the NCAA transfer portal. DJ and PK. Hashtag NBA. I'm still not sure the Milwaukee's actually won the championship. I didn't watch. I wasn't there. I didn't watch the game myself. So I guess I'll go off a basis of there's got to be some kind of proof. I'm going to do my own research and figure out if they won it. Robin Lopez messing around on Media Day, a.k.a. Content Day. What, what team does Robin Lopez play for now? Uh, Robin Lopez has bounced around. That will require me looking it up. Was it Washington? Well, they both go to their computers. Yep. <laughs> That's why I said it will require me looking it up. He's currently with the Orlando Magic. Okay. Allegedly. Though roughly 90% of the NBA players are vaccinated as training camps open, tension exists around the league. With everyone else mandated to be vaccinated, but the players not, because they've got the union, and the union says it's a non-starter. There are about 40 unvaccinated players, although Justin Zanuck said the Jazz are 100% vaccinated. Very, very good for them, I guess, if that's what you're wanting and that's what you got. I wonder, do people want us to talk about should the NBA be vaccinated Mostly, I think the answer is no, but when it comes to players not playing, then the answer becomes yes. I think it needs to have a real direct impact on the court. Now, Kyrie Irving's a big name, and the Nets are a favorite, and so that has thrown it to the front of everything. But I'm wondering, how much does our listening audience want us to wade into social issues? Not that much. Because you could say that, well, they should be vaccinated, because people will die. But can you say that, well, we should stop serving alcohol because people get in cars and kill people? Well, this is where it turns into a discussion. The government makes laws about what happens and, you know, how much uh, you can be 0.05 or 0.08 or 0.10. But if you go anywhere down that road with vaccinations, it's an issue. And now here we go into a vaccination talk. I, I don't I don't know what to do. I got mine, but I don't I don't know what other people should do. I don't I can't say that. Kareem Abdul Jabbar says they should be banished from the league if they're not vaccinated. That was what the unnamed anonymous trainers and assistant coaches were saying in the ESPN story about the tension with vaccinated oh, and vaccinated. Sure, yeah. But then we're led to believe that all Democrats want vaccinations. Well, and most black folk are Democrats, right? I think the so Democrats are, are running people? around yeah. 85 or 90 percent in their vaccination rates, depending on what you read. And yeah, but that's not high enough. <laughs> I realize. For Kareem Abdul-Jabbar in the I NBA, know. it's not. For 100 percent or get out of here. That was, there were plenty of quotes from people who will be around the teams and have young kids at home who have asthma or taking care of aging parents and 
high-risk groups, unvaccinated kids who are under 12. So you read the story. I did. All well, right, I didn't read all of it, but oh. it was a long story. You should have gotten it. through it, man. I read a big chunk of it. You yet. try to keep yourself socially aware. I know, but I got I got worn out. So you might be able to quote stuff from the end of the so story. So you didn't go to the jump? 65, 70 percent. Where are we going? The equivalent of the jump now is pulling down below the double ad. Like one ad, I know yeah, there's I one you. copy, good but call. when there's two ads, yeah, I think call. it's done. Good call, good call. The jump being a newspaper term, if a story starts on one page and it goes to the other page, they called that, back in the olden days, the jump. And the study showed most people didn't follow the jump unless it was really compelling. And you compared it to wading through ads, which is probably the most accurate uh, comparison out there. Might be the most accurate thing I say the rest of the day. Two hours and 46 minutes to find out. Well, do the Bears have a starting quarterback? Or the Don't Lions? start with me. <laughs> Guilty. There. Fine. I said it. All right. And the big money. Oh, I thought of you when I saw this. This is a class of yourself. Why? Because you just said big money. No, <laughs> please. <laughs> big TVs. Big the money. Denver Nuggets give Michael Porter Jr. five years and two hundred seven million dollars if. He makes one of three All-NBA teams this season. Otherwise, he'll get five years, $172 million. They're giving him the max, and now we'll just see if he qualifies for the Super Max. I wouldn't think there'd be any chance he would make that. Right, but by rule, it's out there if he does. And I get your point. I would bet against it, too. But it's out there if he does. But bringing home $172 million guaranteed to play for the Nuggets... Wow, man. It'd be the second or third best guy. At best, you're the third. And he's a nice player. This is why I thought of you. This is exactly the discussion we've had. 25 years from now, is anybody going to remember him? Maybe Michael Porter the third. His defense is horrendous. So the David Locke has told us that on many occasions. David Locke. If he had a son and named him Michael Porter the third, then he'd be MP3. Not bad. Which, you know, is a... Uh, I got it, yeah. yeah the yeah. MP3. Yeah. You got the MP3? I don't know what MP stood for. I don't think it stood for Michael Porter, but that's pretty something sure you're right. aware of. Pretty sure you're right about that. <laughs> Whatever it stands for is probably not Michael Porter. And he won't take home $172 million, half of it in taxes, but yeah, you're well, still taking sign? home 80 or $90 million. Well, yeah, with your guy in there, maybe 60%, 70% taxes. AOC and these people. How many? How much how much you want to tax my money? <laughs> Why'd you go Godfather? That was a little, that was a little <laughs> pesky. Maybe that wasn't Godfather. It was casino. <laughs> Did you know Pesci, childhood friend of Francisco Castelluccio? Who is the elite singer, a.k.a. Frankie Valli? There it is. I did not know that. <laughs> of Jersey Boys? Yeah, Pissy was right there in my, my area, man. I probably bumped into him a few times. Hey, what's up? <laughs> DJ and PK. Hashtag Major League Baseball. The right-hander delivers, Schrock runs, and Votto swings and hammers one deep right field. Way back there. It is way out of here. Oh, my God. To the back of the sun deck in right. A two-run shot for Votto, his second of the game. 
Here's the 0-1 to Hanniger. Swung on, driven deep to left. And looking up and watching it fly. There it goes. Home run, Mitch Hanniger off the out-of-town scoreboard. A three-run jack for Mitch Hanniger. Back-to-back plate appearances with three-run homers. And the Mariners take the lead to 11-4 over Oakland here in the sixth. And Seattle goes on to win 13-4. Just kind of a partial schedule in Major League Baseball. Seattle. Partial scores. Montreal three. (laughs) Nice. Thank you. It's a George Carlin routine. It is a George Carlin (laughs) routine. And a good one. Seattle and Oakland both chasing the wild card. Oakland uh, running out of time, running out of games. Mariners are a game and a half behind the Red Sox. They need to beat out the Blue Jays and the Red Sox. they got a couple teams to jump to get in the playoffs, but they got the win. The big news for the playoffs, the Giants, who did not play, Brandon Belt broke his left thumb. His availability for the final week of the regular season in the playoffs is unclear. They're going to meet with the doctors over the next couple days to develop a recovery plan and timetable for his return. I hear broken thumb, I I think a couple weeks minimum. Well, if his timetable is March, then it doesn't really matter. Right. That would suck. Yes, that would be a bad loss. a great season. Yeah, that would be a bad loss for the Giants, obviously. Salt Lake Bees wrapped up their home season with a 6-5 walk-off win in 11 innings over the Sacramento Rivercats. Bees open the final series of the season tomorrow night in Tacoma. What is Trending is brought to you by Shamrock Plumbing. There's no job too big or too small. Get the personal touch with Shamrock Plumbing. Call them at 801-295-1690. That's Shamrock Plumbing. Coming up, Nick Ford. University of Utah offensive lineman will join us at 7.30. Frank Dolce, our Ute insider at 8.05. And Dylan Colley, former BYU wide receiver at 9.05. That's all ahead on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. It's game week for the Cougars. And the Zone Sports Network is getting you ready for kickoff. It ain't over till it's over. Kalani Sataki and BYU take their undefeated record to Logan for a showdown against the Aggies. Listen all week for your chance to win tickets to the game and then catch all the play-by-play action beginning with a Cougar preview show. Friday at 6 on 97.5 FM with the post-game show immediately following the game. From Monday morning to the post-game press conference, nobody brings you better coverage of Cougar football than 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. DJ Peak in the Morning, proudly presented by Mark Miller Subaru. Our question of the day, when BYU joins the Big 12, should it continue to play Utah and or Utah State. Hot Takes or Toast is brought to you by Utah Facial Plastics. Losing your hair is 2021 and you don't have to. UFP Hair Restoration offers a range of cutting-edge therapies to restore thick hair permanently. Just text HAIR to 801-960-3137 for 15% off any hair loss treatment or visit www.utahairmd.com. So, time for your hot takes. BYU in the Big 12. Should they play the in-state game? Should they play the youths? Should they play the Aggies? And the responses are all over the place, PK. Dave, does a bear bleep in the woods? Tyler, of course. where the bear is. Of course not. Of course what the bear ate. Yeah, two good points, right? 
The bear could be out on the prairie. I mean, if you drop a deuce, like Jalen Hurts said last night, you, you, and you move on. That's that's literally what Jalen Hurts said. Tanner says, of course not. That will be the beginning of their 27-year run as national champions and their 35 consecutive years of Heisman Trophy winners. How will they have room for loser programs like Utah or Utah State? It's going to be tough. Yeah, I agree with that. Big dose of sarcasm there. Dan, on a serious note, says Utah State should be at least every other year. They love the rivalry as much as BYU. Utah wants out of the rivalry. So ready to just drop it. Well, once they join the Big 12, the level of needing each other will be mutual. BYU needed Utah more these past 10 years. Because they needed 12 games. And that was an easy game to schedule and, and cheap. You know, you can bus up there and save money. And you get a packed crowd and usually a decent game and national television and all that stuff. And uh, But, yeah, I would tell Utah, if they don't want you to play you, take a hike. You find a sexier name, we're going to find sexier names. Because if you want my body... <laughs> and you think I'm sexy. Come on, Utes. Let me know. If you think it. If you really need me, just reach out and touch me. Come on, Utes. Tell me so. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Ooh, ooh, ooh. <laughs> Scott says you'll be begging to play a Power 4 school once the Big 12 is dropped from the Power grouping. So Oklahoma departing will make them lose their Big 5 status. Well, Oklahoma must really be something. I mean, look at all the national championships Oklahoma has won here recently. That that Oklahoma defense, which you know, the Chicago Bears are envious the Chicago Bear defense probably would have given up 36 to Tulane in the opening game <laughs> of the season. Yeah, well, that D's tightened it up now. 13 <laughs> to West Virginia and 16 Nebraska. They're bringing it. They're bringing the pain. Yeah, well, and then, then Tulane should get in the Pac-12 then. Uh, Back to the SEC for Tulane. So I just don't put that much stock into the conference dropping because Oklahoma's leading Texas. I think we're I think we're I think we're headed to a new era here. I think that six conference champion and twelve team playoff idea as we sit here now, I think that's got a decent chance of happening. And that's gonna take away the need for all the logic that rules the day now with scheduling. I don't know what the logic is with scheduling. I do think that the non-conference with the Alliance coming, scheduling non-conference games against the, the Pac-12, the Big Ten, and the ACC could get difficult. Not necessarily impossible, but difficult. They'll have their 10 games set, and who will want to play you for an 11th? For those wanting BYU to go away, I've got bad news for you. Not going away. The Big 12. They're here, <laughs> and they're going to be better than ever. What level better means? Remains to be seen, but they're going to be better than ever. This is going to have a new day in Provo, Utah. The Big 12 shouldn't hurt recruiting. It should only help it, you would think. All right, DJ and PK, hit us up on Twitter, David DJ James. We will get more of your responses coming up. Right now, it's time to talk Utah football with Nick Ford, University of Utah offensive lineman. 
He joins us on the Smart Rain guest line. Best of State Award winner Smart Rain is having an end-of-season sale on their irrigation smart controller. Save 50% off each smart controller purchase. Offer available to all commercial property zone listeners. Visit smartrain.net to schedule a demo today. Nick, good morning. Good morning. So, Nick, this has obviously been a couple of really difficult days for the University of Utah. What can you tell the fans who woke up to this news and were shocked? I mean, they don't have the personal relationships that obviously fellow players are going to have. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's something, you know, you never want to hear. And, um, you know, sadly, you know, you hear it twice uh, in under a year. And um, it's just, it's, it's tough. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's not much more to say about that. This is obviously a big-time tragedy, and we all recognize that everyone is going to die. But I look at myself, you know, I had a friend when I was 11 years old die. But then, it seemed like for many years, the, the, the pattern of death was, you know, grandparents when they were elderly and all that. And that's at least some degree of uh, understandable, because it's the natural order of life, is that it ends in death. We understand that. But when young people go particularly when you are a young person and one of your peers goes, that changes the dynamic completely. And I know for you, Nick, personally, you've had that multiple times because you've been out front with the, uh, I don't know if he was a younger brother or an older brother, but uh, you've dealt with that. How are you dealing with these unusual tragedies that young people, someone your age, shouldn't have to deal with? Um. You know, it's tough. I just, uh, my main thing is making sure other people are taken care of. Um, you know, I, I, I fully understand everything. Um, this is my older brother who passed away. And um, Ty and Alo and I've had a bunch of friends growing up in L.A. And, um, you know, it's a reality I've come to face with uh, from a very young age. And... Um, my dad always raised me to take care of people. And, um, you know, it does suck and it does make me upset. But, I mean, if I uh, start breaking down and, um, you know, doing breaking down, crying, feeling bad, then, I mean, I can't take care of other people. You know what I mean? So, I'm like, I, I, I take care of myself. But I think it's more important to make sure, you know, the people around me were hurting. Like, when my brother passed my mom and, my family, and then, you know, and now that Aaron and Ty and everyone, um, the players over here are taken care of. So, um, yeah, so that's, that's kind of how I deal with it. It's just, you know, making sure everyone else is okay. Well, there is certainly, uh, there's certainly power in healing and taking care of other people. You know, you help yourself when you help other people, and, and I do believe that. But, you know, you you got to take care of yourself too, yeah, you know, absolutely. At this point, um, you know, as one of the leaders on the team, and I, I don't think there's any right or wrong answer. Every person and and every group deals with you know grief in different ways. Um, d- does it help to get the team together now? Does it help if everyone has some some time apart to kind of try and process this as much as you can? It's it's obviously a shock and it's brutal. Um, but but how do you handle as a group going forward? As far as you know, you've got the normal routine of film and practice and all that stuff does, mm-hmm. does that stuff help or do you need time away from that and how do you guys handle that you know everyone handles it different um as a group right now we're continuing on because we know that you know ty and ayla would have wanted that and 
want us to continue on chugging and, um, you know, just be great. And um, we all understand that's the best way to honor them in their lives is, you know, to continue, you know, continue on pushing because both of those boys face a ton of adversity in their life. So, I, you know, they, they for a fact would want us to, you know, see this adversity and continue on because, you know, that's both of their life stories was just, um, a battle of adversity and um, it's good to be around each other um, you know so you can lean on each other everyone's checking up on each other um, yeah so, so you know so it's a really players led program and you know a brotherhood like honestly like no other and um, there's times like this where it shows because you honestly see how her people are by this and you also see you know how much other people care and you know take care of each other you have a bye this week, obviously, and you know football seems uh, trivial in certain times, particularly in a, in a situation like this. But this might be the most appropriately timed bye ever in the history of college football because I'm not sure how you would play a game, but you do have time off uh, this week. Would you agree with that assessment? Um, I guess it's not something really I really like thought about or would even say um you know what i mean yeah i hesitate to even ask you about football at this point nick i got a million i got a million football questions and i i feel like it'd be disrespectful if i asked them and at the same time uh you know we can hear the pain in your voice and feel like I need to change the topic. What would you prefer to talk about? I don't usually ask guests that, but I think uh, in this situation, I need to. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we, get, we get talk about football. We can talk about whatever. I'm pretty, um, you know, I'll be able to handle whatever it is. Um, All right. But, yeah. Well, a little, a, a little football then. I'm, I'm curious what you thought when you saw the, the – I don't know if you watched any part of the USC game. You had an earlier game in the day. So, But if, just watching the film or seeing the score, your reaction to USC and Oregon State? Um, my overall reaction would be um, it's a crazy game. <laughs> and uh, OSU is a good program. Oregon State's a good program. Um, you can never – you honestly count them out. Um, they're the tough team who's usually the underdogs, but if you let, you know, that little light come through, they will take advantage of that. And uh, I think it showed. Can football be a therapy for you and your teammates in situations like this? Uh, yeah, for sure. I mean, most of the time, you know, this is a skate for people. Um, especially coming out to Salt Lake and, you know, playing football is like, it's an escape from all of this. Um, so, you know, it's kind of, you know, what it is. Um, it gives you a time, you know, to lock in and focus on things, um, outside of it because, you know, once you get into the walls, it's all ball. You got to focus on whether it's your weightlifting or film or football, whatever it is, you know, um, because everyone is dealing with a lot of stuff in their life. And, um, you know, we've been coached, uh, you know, when it's, it's time to go, it's time to go. Um, you know, there's always a time and place to mourn for things and be upset about things or address things in life. Um, but football for sure is like some type of uh, distraction. Yeah. 
What uh, you, this is a bye week, and obviously with the tragedy, it, it's an unusual bye week. What's your schedule? Uh, we got a uh, a good schedule. You know, practice, lift, film, uh, nothing too crazy. Uh, just usual, you know, bye week. You didn't have a chance to uh, go home here, or the guys have a chance to go home. You individually, or the guys as a group. Uh, I'm gonna stay out here. I don't know what uh, anyone else's plans are. I kind of usually just lay low, especially when season comes or even like summer comes. Like that, I I go home in like May, and then I'm here for the rest of the year. You've been in the program a number of years. Uh, where are you on the academic ladder? Are you, are you done and working on graduate stuff? Where Where do you stand there? Uh, yeah. So I graduated twice. I got a, a BS and. Um, psychology and uh, criminology, and then I did a bunch of um, prereqs for med school. So right now I'm kind of just taking easy classes because there's no way you can do med school and, yeah. you know, college football. So. <laughs> yeah, we understand that. What kind of medicine yeah. What kind of medicine are you interested in? Uh, anesthesia. Yeah, I remember talking to you as a freshman and you were talking about that. Uh, I assume there's going to be a service. I, I think the team went, or most of it, correct me if I'm wrong, when there's a Ty Jordan situation there. Is that going to be the same thing here? Uh, yeah, for sure. You know, we just got to work out all the details and uh, see how the cards land. Well, Nick, we appreciate the time this morning. Thanks for coming on in really unusual and uh, painful times, but uh, we appreciate it. For sure. Thank you. Nick Ford, University of Utah offensive lineman, join us here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Man, you really hear the suffering right there, PK. So, well, yeah, why would agony. you? It's agony listening to him. I mean, it's just twice in, in nine months or ten months, whatever it is. It's nine, just nine months shocking. And, nine months in one day. Yeah. One, one would be shocking. And one, then, one, one was shocking. <laughs> and then have two, yeah, uh, yeah maybe for them. This is a galvanizing thing, not to say football is a savior by any stretch, but keeping busy, they say, uh, yeah. least for some people. I mean, everyone's different. I, you, I don't know that you can apply a, a, a one grieving process uh, fits all, uh, but maybe for some, the opportunity to be together and to have a goal, at least maybe during those times of practice or games, it might be able to divert your mind. I'm sort of stabbing here. I can't say it works for 105 people, but maybe for some it does. And it's, it, The thing that always bothered me, oh, this puts football in perspective. Mm, I didn't need stuff like that to have perspective. It's a game. It's for fun, uh, at least from the fan perspective, you know. They play, they try, and if they lose, so be it. You know, we've seen a number of people here, as social media becomes more public, uh, we've seen people go after people. Uh, that Max Hall thing with some shirt, what was it, a couple of weeks ago? Well, I actually heard that uh, on Arizona radio. They were talking about that because Max is an Arizona kid uh, on on that situation. And to, uh, maybe that is something that could be put in perspective uh, to knock off the nonsense. But yet again, here I see, it's like it's almost like daily now, fights in the stands i was about to say i was waiting for you to come up like you don't need to put in perspective you got it but when you see some of the behavior at games and just 
Sometimes it's two people. Sometimes it looks like it's 10 or 15 people just swinging wildly. Yeah, it's like regular you, now. You Maybe it, it was before, but now everything is With filmed. video, right. Yeah, a lot of that's alcohol-fueled, and those the, they tell you, you know, we, we, we don't tolerate this behavior, and that'll be 12 bucks for your beer, please. You, know, <sighs> you, you tolerate making the money. Uh, and then maybe that doesn't matter. Maybe it would be snuck in either way, and and there's nothing to prevent it. I don't know. I don't have any answers to this stuff. But maybe all that, all the shenanigans, uh, could stop. And I've seen sober people do it too. So you can't just blame it on that either. And realize, you know, this is just a game here, and have fun with it. And when it's over, it's over. If your team wins, great. If they don't, uh, feel sad for a bit and get them next week or next year or next time, whatever. That's the way I look at it. I've never really taken it seriously. It's for fun, and and that's it. And then and we debate topics, you and me, and we go after each other. But it's sports. It it has no bearing on anything really in in that way. Now, for the people involved who are their livelihoods are on involved, that's a different story. But ninety nine percent of us is is for fun. And and when the youths take the field, I'm sure there'll be some type of memorial. For SC, and then they'll come back. Uh, what in three weeks? I think they got the Devils over the UEA weekend, and and they'll do something there. And I don't really care if it galvanizes the team as far as winning, but I never really cared about that anyway. If it does, great. But I don't know that it. If you win a football game, I don't know how it washes away the pain. I I I, I maybe it does. But for me, I, it's hard for me to understand that. Only to a small degree, you would think. Maybe. I don't know. Right. I can't speak, especially when you're young, because I think it, it upsets the natural order. If your 80-something-year-old grandparents die and you had a close relationship with them, you're sad. But that's the way it's supposed to be. Having buried multiple yeah. 80-something-year-old grandparents yeah. Yeah. and having had a friend from high school die the summer between a freshman and sophomore year of college, one car wreck. Yeah, absolutely. There's a difference there. Uh, and these kids now, man, they're, Nick Ford losing a sibling. I wasn't sure. I knew he lost one. I didn't know if he was older or younger, and he said he was older. Well, that, that, that's a... That's a kick in the chops right there. And now to come up here. Fortunately for him, you know, he's on the other end of college. So there's a level of maturity as opposed to a 17 or 18-year-old who is away for the first time. Uh, and one of your teammates goes down like this and dies. Wow. I mean, that's stunning, I would think. That would be very difficult. Not that it's easy for Nick, but he It's not easy for anybody, maturity. but yeah, being older, I think we all recognize how much we changed from 18 to 20 to 22. Yeah, and he's been on his own now for a number of years. And I remember interviewing him because he, I saw that he came from San Pedro High, a school that I lived by, a school that I covered, and had many people that I knew went there. My stepmother-in-law went there, graduated. Uh, Hold on a second. <laughs> Step. Yeah. Mother-in-law. Got it. Okay. My father-in-law's second wife. Yeah. They, they were my parents. My wife's parents were divorced. So, uh, yeah. And she was a Pedro. That's how we all ended up there because my father-in-law lived there. And when we when I got the job over there, I lived, we moved over there and to be close by him. So that was, that was, uh, you have to, you have to thank Ed and Irene Hummel because that was my stepmother-in-law's parents and they settled in Pedro. You follow me? 
I don't know why, and yet I do. <laughs> I have no idea why. So I remember interviewing him as a freshman because I thought it was funny. Yeah, in it was. A sense. I, I remember and, talking and, to him. Yeah. And he was talking about medical school as a freshman. And I think he redshirted that year, if I remember correctly. So uh, he didn't even play, obviously, but he was talking about it. And here he is going forward. And I would agree with him. I've never been in that situation, but it would have to be extremely difficult to be a football player while going to medical school. I couldn't imagine that with all the demands, plus him being one of the leaders of the team. And the team's in a good spot with him being one of the leaders, for sure. All right, DJ and PK, we are going to take a break. We've got Frank Dolce coming up in about 20 minutes, Utah insider and analyst for the Zone Sports Network. We'll talk with him. Dylan Colley, former BYU wide receiver at 9 o'clock. Stay with us. Now let's get this party started. This is Hans Olsen and Scotty G on the Zone Sports Network. The head coach at BYU, Kalani Sataki. I got to tell you, Coach, if I would have had these built bars when we were at BYU, I would have got better grades. You know, Hans, whenever I hear the word hangry, I think the definition of it should be your picture. Because when you were in college and you were hungry, you were probably the worst guy to hang out with. And we just knew that to throw you something to eat and you would be in a better mood. Imagine if you would have just had all these protein bars available to you. You would never have a day of being angry at all. You had a great grades and you would have had a great experience overall because we know one thing. When Hans is hungry, watch out. Everybody tread lightly. I'm hungry! Hans and Scotty weekdays from 10 to 2 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. DJ PK, the question of the day. Looming in front of BYU. When they join the Big 12, should they continue to play Utah and or Utah State? A lot of people are just saying yes. You got a lot of people are just on board with it. They like rivalry games. They sent us GIFs, aka GIFs. The dog nodding yes. Nicholson looking manic. Oh, yeah, yeah. nodding yes. The little kid at the Penguins hockey game. (laughs) Looks like he's two years old, raising a fist and hollering. Yeah, he's totally into it. Oh, yeah, yeah, I've seen that one. That's a classic. available. Right, yeah. Yeah, what I'm hoping is that they go drop down to eight conference games and open up a fourth non-conference. I I didn't hope that before. Or to go to ten doesn't seem like that's the way to go. Uh, You know, unless unless you were playing, if you were an 11-team conference and you played everybody, that would be kind of cool, but that's not going to be the case. So for me, I think Utah should do what it's done. And if they've got other stuff, go ahead and do it. So more rare on that one with BYU. But I think BYU, if Utah State agrees to it, I think they should put them on the schedule every single year. Because since they've gone independent, excluding last year, of course, because the circumstances were bizarrely different, Utah State has been on BYU's schedule every year as an independent. So they had a more difficult time scheduling the games. But Utah State stepped up. And it was beneficial to them, too, and said, we'll play every year. So from they started 2011 to 2019, you can't count last year. They were on the schedule last year, but we know what happened. That Utah State was on BYU's schedule every year. It's the only team that has been on BYU's schedule, unless I'm missing somebody. Boise State. No, I don't think Boise State played in 2011. Oh, the first year that it hadn't kicked yeah. in yet? Right. I, I looked it up because I'm writing about it. Yako posted on 1280, and my buddy Josh Furlong will post it on uh, KSL. And we'll get, and I make a buck a page view, so I intend to get rich. I'm taking the old lady out for dinner this weekend off to this puppy. And uh, 
so I looked it up. They did not play because they had that cream puff schedule. They won 10 games that year, uh, that first year. But Utah State's been there. So I think BYU, if Utah State's agreeable, should reward that loyalty and play them every year. And then if Utah, or in this case BYU, for what we've seen from Utah, they'll play BYU unless they find a sexier name. And then they think they need to drop BYU. Right? They did it with Michigan. Yep. They're doing it with Florida. Yep. So That's Michigan, two examples. And, Michigan yeah. and Florida are sexier names than BYU. So they're dropping BYU then. So, so with the alliance, then uh, you assume that this continues on. The years they draw bottom feeders from the ACC and the Big Ten, they play BYU. But the years they draw the big dogs, they don't. I assume uh, that's how it's going to work going uh, that's forward. That's up to them. Yeah. And Utah State also allows BYU to play on the Friday before the church conference. A couple years, they played them in November when BYU's November schedule sucked. So in my mind, my line of thinking, Utah State's been very loyal to BYU. And I think BYU should return that loyalty if Utah State wants it. We will reserve a spot for you every single year. Any year you want to play us. We will reserve a spot for you and play. And we'll do the home-and-home because we know it's a big, big deal when we go up there. And we'll see that Friday night. It's a lot of fun. It's a great game. The home-and-home and and the two-for-one has been a sticking point before. I would do home-and-home myself, but, you know, whatever they agree to. um, Since they went to independence and it's kind of settled into the home-and-home routine. Yeah, and Utah State's been loyal. uh, They've been loyal to BYU. In the 90s and 2000s. So Tom only had to schedule 11 games instead of 12 because Utah State's been there. Utah hasn't been there. They've dumped you because they had a cuter day to the prom. Wolverine! That's the reality of it. It is. I'm not saying it. I mean, I say it harsh, and I'm East Coast uh, aggressive. So Right, but it's in the books. The contracts are are done, and there it is. Those are facts, man. So if they don't want to play you, or if BYU says we don't want to play you, I can live without the game. The funny thing is, there's so many ding-dongs out there. Oh, we need the game. Well, the game wasn't played, and I'm still employed, so I actually I don't need the game. I'm not from here. The game means nothing personally to me. None of your games mean anything to me. They're games. <laughs> Jersey there. <laughs> so that was a dumb argument, but I like that people make that argument because if you're going to argue, that means you're invested. There have been many arguments made that were dumb arguments. But keep making But them. thanks for listening. Yes, that's the bottom line. Yeah, Absolutely. If you respond to what I say, I win. <laughs> well, we've been doing it long enough now that we've had to deal with almost everything. Yeah. The Jazz have been good, the Jazz have been mediocre, and the Jazz have been bad. Yeah, so BYU they, has been good, bad, and mediocre. If they don't want to play, right. don't play. But I would stick with Utah State. I get what you're saying about eight, but I don't think that's the way it goes. I think eight, nine, and ten are all in play. Any of those could end up being the right answer. I think nine conference games is where most are are headed. I do think there's a little pressure in the Big 12 with some of these schools rarely, if ever, having played each other. If you're going to be a conference, building some rivalries. So I won't totally rule out them going to ten. I would think they settle on the number nine. But I think... Ten might make more sense than eight, but they might just settle on nine. Well, if you want a rivalry, uh, if they have two divisions in the Big Twelve, 
And I assume, and I don't know what they're going to do there. They haven't gotten to I, that point. I think divisions have uh, to go away. Okay, new okay either way, either coming. way, it doesn't really matter. Okay, that if you want a rivalry, then you're going to keep a conference title game, right? Yes. So then play Cincinnati three years in a row in the conference title game. That'll get a rivalry yeah. going. Yeah. I don't know how the other 10 schools will create their rivalry. Yeah, but if you want BYU <laughs> to have a rivalry in the Big 12, that's the way to do it. Have big games and take something away from each other. That always fires With a it lot up. on sta- at yes. stake, which would be the conference title game. Played, right. play, and I, but, pick, I randomly pick Cincinnati. Right. Uh, BYU's history with a lot of these teams is one or two bowl games. Maybe in the case of Cincinnati, a couple of regular season games. But... Kansas, the big Oklahoma blue State. machine versus the big red machine. <laughs> There's not a lot of. History. I don't know that Cincinnati's red, but the Reds used to be. All right, DJ and PK. It's 97.5 and 1280 the zone. Frank Dolce is coming up next.